while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. 508-996-0500 is how you can join us. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Been talking a lot about some stuff that's happened here in the South Coast with Governor-elect Healy and the new sheriff, but uh, and then some what's going on in Washington with the ongoing saga of whether or not Kevin McCarthy will finally become Speaker of the House after his caucus has rejected him. Many, many times over. But I do want to shift the conversation to something that happened last night, uh, something that I think um, a lot of people have been watching and monitoring, um, and that is the um, brutal injury uh, uh, suffered by uh, Bill Safety, uh, DeMar, um, uh, DeMar Hamlin. And uh, to join me to talk about that is a sports broadcaster and writer in the Pittsburgh market, uh, Mike Osti. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Good. So, Mike, uh, I know you, uh, you know, you've covered the Steelers before. Um, You're in the Pittsburgh market. That's the same division as the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals who were playing last night. But um, just for people who don't who may not have for some reason heard of heard about what happened. What exactly happened last night uh, to DeMar Hamlin? Well, it appears from what we know now, and obviously information is still coming in, that he encountered a cardiac arrest in the middle of a game. So had a collision of sorts, and he's a safety, but had a collision. It actually looked like kind of like he was knocked into by a receiver in Higgins, who kind of was coming at him and trying to gain extra yards. Yeah. And it was similar to kind of, I guess, to compare it with what happened to a earlier in the season. Obviously, it's concussion and cardiac arrest, not the same deal, but initially it didn't look like there was anything going on. It looked like a normal play. It looked like maybe he was shaken up. He yeah. actually kind of stood up and for two or three seconds seemed fine, and then all of a sudden kind of pivots back and kind of collapses, basically, and then he's on the ground for what felt like forever. Both teams take a knee, and then you see something that is very unique, and as you mentioned, I covered the Steelers, been in the Pittsburgh market for a long time. I actually did cover the Ryan Shays year, Incident, which oh, I, you know, I was talking about that last recent. night. That was brutal. Right. He, he got so for Ryan Shazier. He, he those are that, that that entire game was brutal. The Bengals and and, and Steelers and Ryan Shazier essentially right. tackled somebody in a way that got him paralyzed. Yeah, so he's 
I, yeah, basically. I mean, his career ended. Yeah. He now is probably advanced to the term paralyzed. Like, he's able to walk around. He's able to do things. He actually box jumped a couple years ago. Oh, that's he right. never was able to play football again. But he, no. if you see him at an event or see him somewhere, he can walk around and maybe play catch with his kids in the backyard. It's not, I wouldn't classify it as paralyzed, but that was the thought at the time. And he was for a while kind of in that direction before eventually healing. But at the time of that incident, it was a major unknown. Yeah. There was seconds that went by that people thought maybe he had passed away on the field. Similar kind of vibe to the more Hamlin last night. Oddly enough, you have it in the same location. I mean, that was a road game in Cincinnati. Same thing with Monday Night Football with Hamlin's incident. And what I was going to say, though, is while that's the direct comparison of a most recent event, I don't think that still holds a candle to last night in terms of the shock, the seriousness, and the severity of what people thought while watching. Because an ambulance was on the field last night. An ambulance was not waiting in the tunnel. It was coming on the field. They announced and made it public, and I can't say there's never been CPR performed in a football game before. There probably has at some level. But it was announced. It was made known. And then you also have the weirdness scenario that was well different than what happened with Shazier. As you mentioned, that was a rough game. That was the heat of that rivalry. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of those games that we can look back on from what we now know about the, football that might have been too much. That, that, ju- that, that Juju Smith shoot. Some connect the dots and claim that's how we got the Antonio Brown that we got. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, well, remember that Juju yeah, Smith-Schuster that crack block. Time. Um, but you have a situation where the game ends up getting postponed. The game ends up maybe never being played, certainly not this week from what we know right now as we're speaking. That wasn't the case with Steelers-Bengals with Shazier. And the interesting thing about this, too, in terms of sports having so much player empowerment, and it's foggy to what really happened right now and who's telling the truth, but it was announced on the broadcast, and I was watching from home like everybody else, that there's this five-minute break, which seems ludicrous, but that's, I guess, procedure at any level. Coaches get together, players clearly distraught still, basically decide that's not going to work. They go away, they kind of run the thing and pretty much make it clear to the NFL they're not playing, and then clearly the pressure of that forced the NFL's hand because as much as the game shouldn't have continued, and I can't imagine them playing the next day or two days later or really anybody playing, even though the NFL's games will happen this coming weekend, that it was something we've never seen before. I mean, the only similar thing where players were involved in sports on whether a game should happen or not is my first thought probably goes to Donald Sterling in the playoffs with the, with the Clippers and Warriors, where that was a whole conversation. They ended up playing, but they took the, their warm-up jerseys off, and that was a whole thing. People thought maybe they would forfeit the series, wouldn't play a game, both teams maybe wouldn't play. What do you do then? This was kind of like that, but it also is a weird scenario because you do have an NFL season that is finishing. You do have a tight calendar. You do have a lot of money involved. Players implications were involved. Not important at all from what happened last night, but it, it semi is surprising. It, I guess pleasantly surprising that they did decide to postpone it, did decide that the game's not important. But all of that makes it even different than here and something I've never seen before. I mean, we've seen hockey yeah. players um, go down in the middle of games. Yeah. Fisher with the Red Wings years ago actually ended up never playing again. He was on their last cup team, and he went down. 
I believe it was a heart issue, which is, again, what happened here with Hamlin. But as we're speaking, I'm actually glad that we haven't heard news that he's passed away because right now it's still not a great vibe. Right. Yeah, no, it's there's there's been no I mean, the moment they would have had any positive news, they would have broke it right away, especially because from what we're hearing, the bills aren't actually willing to play until they get any updates on on DeMar Hamlin. Um, So you, you talked about it. You know, it's not obviously what's more important is is DeMar Hamlin's health. Not only that, the the Buffalo Bills and the in the Cincinnati Bengals how they react to the trauma of seeing one of their friends yeah. and teammates, you know, nearly dying on the right. field and, and getting CPR and getting defrib- uh, getting a defibrillator. But the fact of the matter is, is that was the biggest game of the year. That was the, on Monday night, those two teams right. were the most, the highest collective win total from any two Monday night football, from any Monday night football since its inception in the nineteen wow. in the nineteen seventies, yeah, it's crazy. I didn't see that, and that's that. I believe you, but that's that's kind of surprising to hear because there's been some major premier matchups. I mean, I think that was even. Granted, it wasn't the end of the year, so that's probably why the win total wasn't combined. But yeah, I believe that was when the um, eighty-five Bears and Dolphins played in that game. But back in back in the eighty-five season, the, the Bears only lost there. So, but that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really. It, it was. It was pretty incredible, and so. It's. It was at that point the biggest game of the year. They were playing for the top seed, uh, you know, a chance at the top seed. If the Bengals won, they had a shot. If the Bills need to, needed to win to keep it to hold on, they're at this point now where they can't play the game again. It doesn't seem important in 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 the in the in the broad scheme of things. But the fact of the matter is, they still have to figure out how they move forward. And has there been any indication? Have you heard anything about how they're going to move the season forward? If they can't play the game this week, they don't have a lot of time until the playoffs. So, like, it's next week and then the playoffs, right? So, right. right. I mean, I guess the benefit is, which is always brought up, even though they don't want to do this because the Super Bowl, as you know, is more than just a game, it is a pageantry for the location, for the yeah. league, et cetera. But they have that week off. So, you could push things back and just not take a break for the Super Bowl. Possibly you could do that. From what I've heard and from press releases that I've received, it's nothing really monumental in terms of probably what people have heard out there and that they're not playing the game this week 100%. The language to me, though, the way things are worded, and again, I was surprised the NFL was so quick to agree not to play. Pleasantly surprised, but... It does come across to me, based on kind of just my experience, that the NFL was put in a rock in a hard place. Yeah. There was no way they could have played a game when two premier coaches are on the field saying they don't want to play. Like, mm-hmm. it would have been insanity in terms of backlash, which the NFL is bulletproof. They pretty much can get over any scandal because we're all going to watch anyway. Right. But that didn't seem like a road they wanted to go down. So they're not going to play it this week. They are going to play the NFL games this weekend. And the way the language read is they weren't making a decision on definitively if they are going to play or not play this Bills Bengals game yet. So it might be that they let these games play out this weekend. If implications are still a thing, then you discuss it again. And I would guess they probably would try to jam it in and play it. 
because as much as the Bills and Bengals don't want to play right now, and they certainly didn't want to play last night, as you mentioned, the Bengals are the defending conference champs. The Bills are in the midst of really their best era football since the early 90s with Jim Kelly. They feel like they can win a ring. This isn't two regular teams. These are two teams that feel like they can win a championship and their window is now. I'd imagine they don't want to just not play and forfeit the playoffs or anything like that. And also, knowing DeMar Hamlin, because he's a local Pittsburgh product, went actually to the same high school that I went to, even though I'm older than him. We weren't there at the same time. They go to Pitt, so... I have covered him, even though not in the NFL, and he would not want a team forfeiting a playoff spot and quitting a season before it's over because it would happen to him. So they're going to eventually play. But when, I don't know how they jam it in. I mean, to be honest with you, I guess the, the what we can look to is the COVID year. 2020, and I covered the Steelers, they were really involved in this. They had a game yeah. against the Ravens, rescheduled and postponed three times I remember. and ended up playing it on a Wednesday. Yes. So it's still the only NFL game to ever be played on a Wednesday in a long time, if not ever. So <laughs> right. they can jam it in somewhere if they really want to. And what we know is it's 100% is not happening now. Now, how do you do it mentally? Does it derail the season? Is it a hurdle to get over? Are they doing a rallying cry for Hamlin? Because regardless of what happens to him, he's clearly not going to be part of the team this year, and he did become a starter this year, despite only in his second season. Yeah. So it is a hit for the, the Bills team. That's all something that remains to be seen, but if I had to bet, I would probably say they're going to wait to see if the implications matter this weekend, if somehow all these teams, other teams lose, or say the Steelers would lose this weekend, or to the Browns, maybe then they would just say we don't need it, but... Do they need the Steelers I to? I mean, the the Bengals. The Bengals need. The Bengals are in the playoffs. They just so let's right. talk about that. the The Bills have won their division. They get a home playoff game. It's just a matter of if they make it to the conference championship. Are they going to be playing at Orchard Park, where they where they are, or are they going to be playing at probably Arrowhead? Right. That's that's yeah. the that's those, a big difference. It's a oh, it's a huge difference, right? Right. Um, but uh, are they going to be playing at Orchard Park or Arrowhead? Right. Um. Uh. So is the so that's the thing is, like, they're going to be the the Bengals just need like the Steelers. I think the Steelers, if they win, they need who do they need to lose? They need help still, yeah. They need they need I think either the Pats or the Dolphins or the Pats and Dolphins to lose something like that. Um. But yeah, I I believe it's both. It's the, yeah, they, it, it's both. So they yeah. could they could still make it, but the Bengals if they the Bengals division championship, but with Baltimore that just depends on the Baltimore game, doesn't it? Right. So yeah, so maybe if Baltimore loses, then it doesn't matter for the Bengals, but then it could still matter seeding wise for these teams. Certainly, it could still matter for the Bills. Yeah, you don't want to have a scenario. And again, it's hard to discuss this without coming across the callous because it isn't important, especially if we get really negative news. And from what we've heard, and actually I do know somebody that represents Damar Hamlin, but actually the Rooney that has been on Good Morning America and, and talking about it. Yeah, I've seen And that. they moved him from 100% oxygen to 50% in the defibrillator. Okay. But from what we know, because I'm not a doctor by any means, but no. we know a little bit more about the term defibrillator just because of the pandemic. Right. Just because of COVID. That was a big red flag that if somebody moved to defibrillator, it's probably that's probably it. Yeah. So to hear he's on that, 
that's scary. To hear terminology that he was, quote-unquote, put to sleep, which you think of for an animal, you're putting them to sleep because they're sick or they bite somebody or something. It's not that for him, but that was the terminology that was used. And even some of the reports that are out there where it was a jovial atmosphere that night trying to rally around him, and then it was kind of somber the next day. So, again, we're basically 24 hours later as we're talking. We don't know. I'm not, I mean, maybe if it goes in one direction, they just would push everything back. Like, if there's news tomorrow that's different from what we knew now, they have a right to reserve to change everything. They could scrap this weekend. They could take the break between the Super Bowl. They could move it another week. Uh, it, uh, it's rough with commercials on TV, but maybe it would still happen. I don't know what would happen, but obviously the NFL does want to avoid, and they do have to think about this even though it sucks. They don't want to have a situation where there is any asterisk on any championship because even the COVID year. Yeah, right. The, the Steelers and Ravens were comp- – the Steelers in particular, I know this for a fact, they legitimately thought they got a shaft by the NFL that year because if you recall – they only got four days of a bye week the entire yeah, they didn't, season. <laughs> yeah, they they had to they had to basically like sacrifice their bye week, right? I remember that. Right, and then if you remember, Mike Tomlin was kind of thumbing his nose at the NFL. Like he's not allowed to practice during a bye week. He yeah. didn't get warned whether it was a bye week or not because they had a break, but it wasn't their official bye week that the NFL took. So he practiced the team, which yeah. then obviously he was making a point, <laughs> but his players didn't get any break really. Right. So, uh, that, I don't know, that's not a world that anyone wants to go down, but right now everyone wants Demar Hamlin to just be okay because, again, I can't think of another scenario where something like that happened so serious where you thought there could have been a death on the field, so more than a serious injury or somebody being paralyzed, and the game was stopped for that reason, and we don't know the future of that game, especially at the end of the year, I, and especially the NFL because they only play so many games. This isn't the NBA or NHL or Right. It's not the end of the world if you miss one at 82. Yeah, it's I know every game is so critically important. If they if they do resume the game, do they resume it from that point midway through the midway through the the first quarter 7 to 3 like it was or I would think if you're going to resume it, especially if you're going to resume it maybe against the will of some of these players, you got to have it be exactly what it was. Yeah. I don't think they want to go down the road of we resume it is 0-0. Zero, zero. And the Bills win thirty nothing, and then the, the Bengals are sitting there saying, "You must be joking around." Like we had, we were seven three and driving. Yeah, so, right. I mean, and they were home, so I would think you'd have to do that. I actually would think the comparison would be Major League Baseball. Now, obviously, in baseball, you don't have like you, you don't have this in the NFL, but if the game went five or so innings, went like five and a quarter, five and a half innings they could legitimately legally call it there. So if this would happen to a player in the sixth inning, they could say, well, we got a game. We're, we're done. But if they only got through four or three or something happened, or even if they wanted to continue, they do go right to what the exact score was and right. they go on from there. And, you know, the other end of it is the NFL, and this isn't being discussed, but it's a thing. The NFL is clearly in bed with gambling. The NFL <laughs> is clearly in bed with fantasy. Now outwardly where they were doing it, behind closed doors for many years before. And I was even asking around because actually on our outlet, we have a relationship with DraftKings and some gambling companies. And yeah. we're able, we get a link that they give us. And if somebody clicks on it, we get extra revenue for a company. And just was wondering, well, what happens to people that bet on this Monday night football game? Are you holding it in case the game is played? Are you refunding them? Yeah. What do you do in these fantasy championships? Well, well, that probably were occurring well, in matchups because, 
I actually, you know, I actually got a playoff game fantasy wise. I'm down by two points. <laughs> a game that didn't I'm up. Tw- I'm up. I started the game. I was up twenty. I was up twenty four in going into Monday Night Football in my fantasy championship. The guy I'm playing has Joe Burrow, so he could make right, up that total. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like you, <laughs> you know? figure, I mean, twenty four. You could still be safe depending on the league, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a two point difference, and you got You got three quarters left of football. One reception is getting you those points, generally speaking. So, oh yeah, you you're in a much yeah you're in a much different position than than me. I, like, I, what do you do there? Yeah. Like, what, do you, what do you do financially? Are these just independent people going to have to make these decisions? Are these fights going to make these decisions? There's a lot of money that's flying out there. That this yeah. is obviously doomsday in a way because they don't want to have a player suffer what he suffered and maybe more in the middle of the game. Absolutely, Marcus. This is only a couple years after they collectively bargain to get another week into the season. Yes, it's more money. Yes, it's another playoff team. Yes, more teams have a chance because we're talking about the Steelers aren't good this year, but they could still get in. Yeah. The Packers haven't been good, but they're crawling in because everyone else is losing. Those things wouldn't have been a thing a couple years ago. But yeah. do that, which is more games played, more hits on the body, and then – this happens, so that kind of is obviously a black eye to it. This is the worst case scenario, and then some for the NFL. Right? Yeah, I know it's it's it, it is it's pretty bad. I I just I, I know you're saying I, it's difficult for me to envision that scenario in which they cram this game into the middle. I, I don't know. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, they did it with Steelers Ravens, I guess. I didn't think that would happen either. It's a li- yep, yeah, right? It, they did and that do was that in the afternoon. It was Ravens. It was like noon on a Wednesday. Nobody probably watched except for people covering it. Right. And nobody was really there. They would have to do that. It would have to be a, a, just a dump game randomly. Yeah, they just have to put it on the schedule. I just, it's, it's, it's kind of tight. It's just the window's a lot tighter than it was in like week four ish, you'd say. Right. With some. Um, yeah, because then what you would probably do, granted, this is hard to do because of player safety, is you would try to finagle the two teams' buys especially if they're close together. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have what they are in front of me offhand. But if they yeah. had the same buy or they were close together or there was some other game that could be moved so that they end up with the same buy and then played then, you could do that. Granted, again, as much as this is, would be horrible with any situation, if this, was, if this was a game between the Texans or Browns who are both mathematically eliminated, they would probably 100% not play and announce they aren't playing. Yeah. Unless somehow that implicated everybody else. But if it was 100% certainty that game meant nothing to anybody, they wouldn't be playing it. You're in this mess because, as you mentioned, this is the premier game of the year, premier historic game, yeah. not only for the teams, but two of the young quarterbacks that are around the same age are going to be leading the league. Yeah. For the next generation. It's their first matchup. And, yeah. The whole, everything. Right. I mean, this is the last game you probably wanted this to happen, especially at this point in the year. Yeah. But it does also show, and maybe this is kind of the unraveling for the next collective bargaining agreement. Maybe yeah. this is finally, because honestly, you could make an argument the players have lost a lot of these collective bargaining agreements. They basically tried to win marijuana to give up another game play that nobody wanted to play. But maybe now it opens their eyes and they think, no, we're, we're done. We're yeah. Not, this is it. We're not doing 18 games. Like, this is it, because there's already rumors they want to do that, and they're always going to make money if they keep playing games. Of course. But, yeah, maybe this is all opening their eyes. Maybe this is something like that. But it's, it's hard to say right now, but what we know right now is they're not going to play it this weekend. 
I definitely think they made the right call and probably could have made the call quicker. They definitely could have made the call quicker, and they didn't want to do. They didn't want to do that. It was, and I think in terms of the collective bargaining agreement, I think the players, you know, I think generally the NFLPA shows how much power it actually has by actually telling the NFL to, you know, f off in a manner of speaking. We finally saw it. Yeah, it does look like maybe this could be a leader of player empowerment for the NFL. Yeah, and nothing's going to be the NBA, but this was a big deal. I don't think this was an underrated thing. The players and coaches pretty much made this decision. Yes. Um, the NFL can lie all they want, that they went along with it, or because the, the NFL has also said now, which is either borderline inappropriate or somebody's lying here, but the NFL releases their thoughts that they didn't put out the five minutes. Yeah. So basically, what they're saying is they don't know where ESPN and Joe Buck got that from, which either means that ESPN and Joe Buck made it up, which is hard to believe. No. The NFL is lying, or they're not trying to cover themselves and making it worse. Yeah. So like, it's a mess. Well, like I said, you can always count on the NFL to make the worst possible decision um, in uh, critical moments. But like you said, also said, uh, it's a product everybody loves, including us. And so they were going to, we're going to, we're going to watch anyway. <laughs> we're gonna People are going to bet it. anyway. Money's in the pot. People are going to yeah. buy the jerseys anyway. Hamlin actually, his jersey sale is probably going through the roof. And actually, the one blessing in disguise for all of this, he has a charity. And that now has increased, I believe, as we're talking, it's over $5 million. Yeah. He only put the goal for 2500 Yeah, something that he started way back when he was still with Pitt. So people are flooding that with donating, and that's obviously a big deal. And what's not being talked about, but it's kind of a weird timing of black eye for this, if you recall in the Giants game against the, the Colts, you have Nick Foles go down. He's yeah. really down. Any other players doing snow angels? Snow angels. <laughs> yeah. Then go on the sideline, do the put you to sleep while Nick Foles is literally basically put yeah. to sleep. That's a twenty-four hour stretch. Yeah, of this incident to that happening before it. So right. It's been a rough forty-eight hour period. It certainly has. They covered that up because that was the conversation on how crazy that was. That actually somehow went away based on this. Yeah, he was like convulsing on the field while that player was unwittingly doing a, yeah, a sack he celebration. Didn't know, but like he was touching him while he was doing it, and I could see even <laughs> if you didn't know then in the heat moment. But once you go to the sideline, yeah, I mean, that's a bit much. <laughs> so, uh, Mike Asty, uh, sports broadcaster in the Pittsburgh market. Mike, um, where can people go to to see your work? Sure. So I'm with Pittsburgh Sports Now, which is a digital platform in the Pittsburgh area. So there's Steelers Now that covers the Steelers. I also cover West Virginia at WV Sports Now, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, the Trib, PX5, and with all those outlets. And actually, I do have a podcast with the Believe Network, which is Mike Drop. You can search on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. any of the Believe platforms as well for that also. So I'm all over the place. You can do a Google search and find me or at MikeOnsky11. On Twitter is certainly where I am as well. Mike, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Absolutely, man. Take care. That was Mike Osti, a journalist in the uh, Pittsburgh market. Um, I've had Mike on. Mike, Mike, and I, and a friend, uh, another friend of mine, Jared Ramos, who I used to have on my Saturday program, and another friend of mine, Alex Wiederspiel, who I used to have on my Saturday programs as well. Um, we all started a, a amateur sports blog back in like 2010, and um, it was pretty cool. We had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, it was sort of my fledgling uh, entry into the uh, into the realm of, of of journalism, and here I am. I made it. 
All right. That was Mike Osti. Always appreciate it. It's got a lot of um, lot of insight into what's happening there and uh, over in the NFL and in general in the sports world, especially in the Pittsburgh market. All right. So listen, I'm going to take a break now. If you want to call in or you want to shoot us a message at 508-996-0500 or send us a message on the WBSM app chat, uh, I'll take it. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. WBSM. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus Farrow. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening, or we'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. So, you know, the first hour we talked about uh, Paul Haro, now Sheriff Paul Haro, um, his inauguration as the new Bristol County Sheriff. I was able to go for a little bit earlier, um, but I wasn't able to stay. Uh, we talked about Kevin McCarthy's you know, um, we took your calls and, and app chat messages on Kevin McCarthy's um, fight to become uh, to become Speaker of the House and of Representatives after he's been rejected uh, three times, uh, two times in his career, maybe now even three, to get to become Speaker of the House. And we were just talking to Mike Osti. He's a renowned sportscaster in the Pittsburgh market. And we discussed, uh, you know, the um, we unpacked the Demar Hamlin uh, situation. Certainly, a um, a pretty horrifying thing to happen. Uh, you know, w- like he said, he was talking about that that Pittsburgh Cincinnati game a few years ago was brutal. You know, football's a violent sport, and people get hurt and they get hurt badly. Um, it's the nature of the beast. It happens. I played football for about five, six years. I played, well, about five years because I played four years, uh, at Bishop Stang over here in Dartmouth, Played four years at Bishop Stang that I played a year in college and not even close to comparable to the NFL, but uh, it's, you know, it's it's an impossible sport to play without getting banged up a little bit, you know. Um, and especially at that highest level, you're going to get hurt. And you're going to get seriously hurt. And all those players are playing through pain, right? So it's part of the job. But what happened last night was truly horrifying for a lot of people because you saw, first of all, him just collapse on the field they typically don't see stuff like that and the players were watching him receive cpr and and get a defibrillator and so you know it underscores one i think the fragility of of life right and two um you know how much I think these players are really putting themselves in uh, in jeopardy, you know. And, yeah, they get paid a lot, but these are still people, you know. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, you know, DeMar Hamlin wanted to go on. He, he's still alive, but he wants to go on living, right? And there's probably going to be now a more broader discussion on how players can best protect themselves because you might say it's a freak thing, 
but you know, you've seen what happened with Tua Tunga Vailoa getting uh, his concussions and how a lot of people accuse Miami of basically sweeping his concussions under the rug because just about anybody could see that he was, you know, that there was um in in multiple games that he, he was pretty dizzy after a head injury, right? Um that he had been kept in for 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 no reason and he probably shouldn't have returned uh as soon as he did so there might be a broader conversation about about um about player safety uh as i've said the, the nfl is a ratings behemoth uh it really like for example the nf the nba always has christmas games right that's their biggest slate they always have Christmas games, and they're always some of the biggest games of the season. Famously, the the Cavs and Warriors played on Christmas a few uh, a few years back. It was an excellent game. The um, you know when when they first got Kevin Durant, uh, the Celtics Lakers played on Christmas. I remember in uh, two thousand nine, that was a great game. The Lakers won that game. Um, the you know. Uh, even this year, the you know Lakers and Mavericks, and it, it's 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 always a uh, you know it's always a big it's always a big NBA uh, NBA slate. So they had their biggest primetime games out there. The NFL had three of probably the one game was decent, but the rest of them were very very crappy, and they had those on the schedule. And so, the NFL, despite having those crappy games, that like nobody really. That weren't like fun to watch. They were, except for one. the The Packers game was good. The other two were terrible. They still crushed the NBA in ratings overwhelmingly. So, people just love the product. I love the product. I love I love football. Every Sunday during football season, you cannot bother me. Nobody can bother me. I am I am on the couch. I'm watching football all Sunday. I maybe might I might go out to a sports bar maybe once a year, but I am watching. I am making sure that I'm watching football because the product's good. It's a great sport. It's an entertaining sport. People love to watch it, but it's also a very violent and apparently very risky uh, sport for the people who are playing it. And it was really difficult to watch. Um, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, I think everybody's you know hoping for the best for for Demar Hamlin um, and from. What we've heard about him, he was a great guy, or he is a great guy, and uh, I mean, we'll see. All right, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. So you Strength of America, our values, our way of life hasn't just been won on the battlefield. It's won every day in our communities when we come together, extending hands of compassion, service, and hope to those who need it most. For over 100 years, the American Legion has been strengthening communities across our nation by providing life-saving help and support to our veterans and neighbors during times like we're facing today. It's what the Legion's all about. From blood drives to distributing food, from responding to emergencies and protecting the most vulnerable among us, our mission is making America's community stronger. We are one family and therefore we care. We are the American Legion, veterans strengthening America. To learn how you can help, visit legion.org. Teachers shape the future. 
Right now, in a classroom somewhere in the United States, there's a teacher inspiring a future scientist who'll make preventing pandemics their life's work. Sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who'll help combat climate change. And generating possibilities for a student who'll be the first in their family to graduate college. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Teach. Learn more and receive free support at teach.org. The Y is where James first discovered his love for painting. Now it's also where he'll learn the difference between mitosis and meiosis. This school year, many YMCAs are transforming some of their spaces for virtual learning, dedicating staff, and even providing meals. Contact your local Y to learn more. Forever learning. The Y. For a better us. I'm Ryan Seacrest. First responders are people who stand for a greater purpose. They will be there for you when nobody else is, to help you, your family, your community. This is their selfless promise. This is their sworn duty to protect, to serve, to help. They put themselves in harm's way for us. They come to the rescue at times when we need them most. First responders are making enormous personal sacrifices to keep showing up for us and fighting the good fight. Nearly 70% of all firefighters are volunteers. That means when they get injured or quarantined, they may not have a way to pay their rent or keep their family safe and fed. No matter who you are or where you live, when you call 911 and ask for help, first responders show up now. Let's show up for the people who show up for us every day and every night. Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today. America's kids are returning to class, in school and at home. And this year, learning is especially tough for kids who already struggle with poverty, emotional trauma, and other barriers. But Communities in Schools is helping by putting caring adults in schools to connect with kids. And now we're reaching beyond school walls, tutoring, mentoring, and counseling students, providing resources for at-home learning, doing whatever it takes to make sure all kids have the opportunity to learn and succeed. For more information, visit communitiesinschools.org. The voices in the night that cover the news of the day. I heard the voices too. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. More of South Coast Tonight happens now on WBSM. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you get in the program. Also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Um, and I'm just checking a few things. So, yeah, taking your calls, uh, taking your messages. If you want to call in, we're, you know, last 10 minutes of the, uh, of the program this evening. And... Uh, we've got some good guests planned. I know we've got Naomi Carney coming in next week. We're going to talk about all the stuff that's going on in the city council. I've got an app chat messenger from somebody asking me to get people from the city council on to talk about the pay raise issue. Promise I will. I will. Promise I will. I will do that. Um, it's just. Uh, it's frankly my schedule. I just haven't had the time, uh, frankly. Um, so I'm going to. Uh, I've reached out to some people. I've talked to some people off the record. But I haven't had the time to um to 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 get something going on that. And uh especially today I was in Taunton. You know, I banged out my uh article at the one ten grill in Fall River and then I came here. So um I haven't had the time today. 
but uh, we'll we'll definitely work on that. Hopefully, get as soon as possible get someone in to talk about uh, those issues. So, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is is um is how you can uh, is how you can get on this evening. Yeah. So, um, there's still the Ward Three race. We've interviewed everybody. Uh, there's going to be an article on Carmen Amaral coming out probably tomorrow. Uh, interviewed her uh, on Thursday last week. I thought she was great. I thought she, you know, did a really good job. And I think she's a strong candidate for a, a lot of reasons. Her background um, as an immigrant, as an educator. All, um, and I thought she, you know, had a, a, a good, concise, digestible message for, for, for voters to uh, understand and, and that can, they can get behind. So that's really going to be an interesting race. I think all the candidates in there um, are qualified candidates and they're all doing a good job. So I think they, you know. The people of Ward Three have a lot to 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 um, look forward to, and uh, we'll we'll continue to feature that race here because the preliminary preliminary election is in twenty one days. Oh God, exactly three weeks from today. Exactly three weeks from today is the preliminary election, which is going to winnow the field down from what uh, from seven to two. So five people are going home. All right, um, I got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, just closing out here in the third. Okay, good. I don't, my headphones don't work right now, but you can see they might have unplugged somehow. They don't work right now, but I can see the volume going up. So that means that they're on. So I'll just figure that out later. Okay. For some reason, my headphones went off. Went off. I don't know. I might have pressed the button somewhere and they don't work. And he's probably like, is he going to spend the last 10 minutes, you know, two, not 10 minutes, but two minutes of the program talking about his headphones? And uh, sounds like it or it doesn't sound like it. I don't know what it sounds like because my headphones don't work. Um, these are good headphones. It must be something's off. And I can't figure it out. I just swap out another pair. Um, like if this were like in the middle of the show, right? Uh, but I don't really need to. Because we're, we're about to end the program. So I can just kind of like the last minute or two talk about these headphones and why they're not working and well, trying to figure out why they aren't working because they're not working now and uh, hopefully be able to um, to make them work tomorrow, which I think they will. So thanks to everybody who joined me this evening. Thanks to everybody who messaged me and uh, called me and 